Blog Talk Radio. Screen Picks Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Wallace. In Los Angeles, we have a great show for you today. We are going to talk about the nominees for the 73rd Annual Emmy Awards. We are going to try to predict who will win, who is snubbed. Are we happy with the nominees? Are we not? We'll break it all down, which should be an exciting show. We have a full house tonight. First, joining us in Burbank, California, as always, we have Kit Bowen. Kit, how are you doing? I'm doing well. All right. I know you like to make fun of my sports announcer intros. Uh, (laughs) We've also got in Burbank, California, Andrew Payne. Andrew, how are you doing? I am doing well as well. Great. And joining us in the great state of New Jersey, we have Adam Spunberg. Adam, how are you doing? I'm good, Phil. I've been really hit, hitting the streets all the way down the Appalachian Trail to get that true East Coast perspective that I'm ready to bring tonight uh, yeah. from a grassroots perspective. We, we need that East Coast perspective, so uh, grateful you can uh, provide that for us. So uh, let us talk about the nominees uh, for all of the different shows that um, – uh, are being nominated. Uh, let's first start with comedy. Uh, the nominees for best comedy series are Blackish, Cobra Kai, Emily in Paris, The Flight Attendant, Hacks, The Komeninsky Method, Pen15, and Ted Lasso. And um, a couple of surprises here. Uh, the Pen15, a little bit of a surprise. Emily in Paris, a total shock. Um, and then I think most of the rest, not really a surprise. Um, but, Kit, I'll start with you. With, with all of the nominees for Ted Lasso, I mean, it, it sure looks like it's shaping up to be a Ted Lasso night. But what, what do you make of this list? Um, yeah, I should, certainly hope it's a Ted Lasso night. They just, you know, I, I, I think that show is fantastic. I also love Hacks as well, so I'm really glad that that made the cut. I think we all decided that was probably going to happen. Um uh, the only one, I guess the one I'm, I'm not, I forgot, what is Pen15? That's the one I'm not entirely sure about. <laughs> That's a show That's on Hulu. That's the one on Hulu, where they play like teenage girls. Oh. They play themselves at age 13. Maya Erskine, who is also in the Hulu show Casual, um, okay. is in that. I mean, I've heard about the show, I just didn't know exactly about it. Um, it's very funny. Blackish, is it? Okay, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, uh, it's, I mean, it's not just not normal emmy material it's like yeah it's very subversive and like and offbeat mm. okay well like i said i'm not too surprised by some of the um, nominations emily in paris maybe 
I mean, like I, I think I texted you guys about this. I watched probably like the first two or three episodes of that and went, this is irritating, and I couldn't finish it. So for me, I think that that's kind of a weird inclusion. But everybody, everything else seems to be pretty on par. Yeah. Uh, interesting. I, you know, Andrew, I'm looking here at the snub list, uh, uh, the official Gold Derby snub list, and three shows that they thought were snubbed. Girls 5 Eva, which we talked about, yeah. I thought was great. Definitely better than, yeah. than Emily in Paris for the sixth year. Emily in <laughs> Paris, definitely better than, um, I don't know. I've never actually seen the Komenitsky method, but I'm sure it's better than it. Um, and then uh, they also pointed to Master of None, which some oh, people yeah. actually didn't really believe was a comedy this year. And then Mythic Quest, which I've never seen, but I see all over my Apple TV. So, a- Andrew, what do you make of this list? Yeah, I think Emily in Paris is definitely the one that is, you know, a head scratcher there. I mean, I thought that was like universally reviled as a bad show. Like, right? Sure, it's something that that I think people watched and enjoyed on, you know, like uh, like the level that they do like a soap opera or something like that. But nobody is was saying like, oh, this is an actual quality television show. So that is, that's the one that's just really surprising. Uh, But I I do want to say I'm very excited that Cobra Kai got nominated. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I think that was my favorite comedy last year or last TV season. Um, And, yeah, I mean, it never got recognized before. It was on YouTube Red, back when it was called YouTube Red. Um, And, you know, I mean, it's just as good the, the season that they had on Netflix. So now it's like on a legit streamer so people are, are are finally giving it uh the credit that it's due um yeah I, I mean i wish billy zabka would have gotten nominated we'll get to that in a minute but i'm I'm very excited that cobra kai got nominated and andrew just i, I don't mean to criticize the the streamer you work for but did girls five ever get get snubbed because not enough people get peacock what do you think I mean, I feel like it's possible. I mean, it's it's interesting because I don't think that many people have Apple TV Plus either. Right. I just think that, like, Ted Lasso, you know, it came out earlier. It's it's definitely something that, you know, has been like a slow burn of people discovering it and watching it. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough because, I mean, they said um, – because Girls 5 ever got nominated for writing for Best Comedy Series Writing, and it was the first time that a streamer has ever gotten nominated for an Emmy in its first year, I think. Like, that the mm. first year that, it, that it's been mm. up. So, yeah, I, I think that that did probably hurt it, where, you know, Peacock is new. We're actually celebrating our one-year anniversary tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, I mean, not a lot of people know about it yet. Not a lot of people have it yet. So, yeah, I mean, it's tougher to break through for sure. I do want to say another comedy that was snubbed on Peacock was the new Saved by the Bell, which I did only <laughs> see the uh, the premiere, the Go pilot, on. but it was it was surprisingly decent, um, surprisingly oh, uh, up with the times. Again, yeah. again, I do have to caveat that I work at Peacock, but it is really funny. It's really good. Um Supporting actress in a comedy, I, I thought Josie Toda from that show should have gotten nominated, but that is another snub. I guarantee you not a lot of voters are, are watching Saved by the Bell, and not because of the streamer, but because Saved by the Bell. Um, 
All right, Adam, I want to go to you next. I believe you actually, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, enjoyed Emily in Paris to some extent. So what do you make of this list and, and the Emily in Paris nominee specifically? Actually, my story is kind of similar to Kit. Uh, I think I watched the first episode and then I decided to watch something else. But I'll say this. I didn't, I didn't absolutely hate it, but uh, I could tell exactly what it was, which was, a very predictable, formulaic, sort of frothy story that's maybe would have been more uh, socially acceptable like 20 years ago, you know, as a story versus today when we have a lot more complex issues that we're looking for, right? That being that being said, I do have a theory about why it keeps getting nominated. Um, and I, I think it has a lot to do with the year that we all experienced, that people are just craving feel-good stuff. And I think whereas Ted Lasso is a much better feel-good show uh, than Emily in Paris, uh, I think people are a little bit just exhausted with the darkness and all the social justice problems. And sometimes they just want to watch something that's like sipping a a nice (laughs) cappuccino, you know? (laughs) I'm looking (laughs) at a pretty girl. Macaron. Exactly. So I'm not defending that, right? But I, I, I think maybe that's where the appetite for this came from. You know, it did get a Golden Globe nomination for Best Comedy Series as well. That, so that's now. what I'm saying, right? So that's two award shows that some voting block liked it, <laughs> right, of, of, yeah. of nominees. Um, but, but for me, of course, Ted Lasso is king um, in this category. And, you know, I, I think Andrew, one point I wanted to make about the the whole Peacock versus Apple TV Plus, the difference, big difference, of course, was that so many people have iPhones or iPads or a MacBook somewhere and got a free year on this thing, right? So so it's a lot easier to make the decision to say, yeah, I'll check out something on a network where you don't actually pay yet. So that may also be why, uh, but, but I think to Apple TV Plus's, great luck uh now people will renew at least the subscription for a couple of three months because now so many people are hooked on this show uh, to watch it yep so all right um does anyone think that any show besides ted lasso will win best comedy series no i want to make i want to make the case for hacks yeah um okay just because it is a show about show business, and I, I think that that will resonate a lot with the Emmy voters. It's also it's, and, it, and it's interesting because it's like it's a show that's about both like the old and new of show business. So like you know like the main character who we'll get to the, the fact that she got no oh, never mind. Um, the the main character of the show is you know a, a you know twenty five year old represents kind of like the new way of like, like thinking about comedy. And then you have Gene Smart, who's like essentially like a Joan Rivers type character. And so it's really about like the, the, the old and the new. So I think it's going to appeal to like both sides of the, of the age gap in the, in the Emmy voting block. And I think people on the Emmys, like, or, or with these award shows, like they love to vote for things that are about what they do. So I could see that upsetting, but but I feel like Ted Lasso is probably the favorite. Yeah. I do want to point out uh, one thing with the flight attendant, um, Susanna Fogel, who uh, 
has appeared on this podcast in the past, college classmate of mine and Adam's, um, nominated for Best Director for The Flight Attendant. So how about that? We have an Emmy-nominated director. Other directors nominated, by the way, Zach Braff. Did you know this? Directed an episode of Ted Lasso. Yeah, I just found that out. (laughs) When I saw it got nominated, I didn't even know that. Good for him. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Zach Braff, Emmy-nominated director. Um, All right, let's move on to Best Drama Series, Outstanding Drama Series. The nominees here are The Boys, which I told you guys, don't sleep on The Boys, Uh, Bridgerton, The Crown, The Handmaid's Tale, uh, Lovecraft Country, um, which already got canceled, Um, The Mandalorian, Pose, and This Is Us all nominated uh, for Emmy. So this is us could get another nomination. Um, and uh, I'm looking at the, the snub list. Some people were upset that the Falcon and the Winter Soldier got snubbed. If, if that's a snub uh, for all mankind in treatment, Perry Mason, those are some others being mentioned as snubs, but uh, Andrew, I'll start with you. What do you think of uh, the nominees for best uh, drama series? Yeah, I mean, just the snubs that you mentioned, it, it seems like people are really reaching to, to find some snubs here. So I feel like they probably <laughs> did. Uh, yeah, I mean, they had eight nominees, so I think that they probably covered just about everybody. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Pose is last season. This is Us. His last season is going to be next year. Like, you know, it's like it's just like kind of like a lot of the usual suspects here. And then you had, you had the boys, you had Bridgerton. Um, it's weird. It's like, and, you know, we'll get to limited series in a second, but it just seems like the limited series has kind of replaced the drama series as like the go-to like hour-long thing now. Because other than Bridgerton, and I guess the crown on, well, the Mandalorian, obviously, but like none of these were like, really breaking through that much. Whereas it used to be like this category was like, you know, Mad Men, Breaking Bad and the Sopranos and the West Wing and like all these shows that everyone was watching and talking about. It just seems like it's almost like the little brother to the limited series now. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Although, like I said, the boys was another show where it seemed like it was kind of all over the place and people talked about, but, um, but I hear you. Adam, uh, what do you make of this list? I know you're a big, big Bridgerton fan. Um, who, who do you think is the favorite here? I, I am a big Bridgerton fan, uh, but I think the crown is, is going to win. Um, I just think, you know, history suggests that, uh, you know, it's the production value hasn't dropped off in any way. And to that, to that show's credit, and it's not really even the show, it's the concept, right? The material is always fresh because you're covering, you know, such a span of time and uh, going to a new decade or a new period, you know, each time. So, you know, I kind of think it's the crowns to lose, and I think it will be, to borrow one of your your work phrases, Phil, I think it will be a a reigning champ uh, of the best, (laughs) best drama category. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Kid, do you see this the same way, the, the crown as well? And and I know you're a big Marvel person. Do you feel like 
Falcon and Winter Soldier was snubbed here? No, I don't. <laughs> I liked Falcon and Winter Soldier, but no. I mean, that wasn't that wasn't any groundbreaking, you know, uh, entertainment. It was just it was fun, but I, I don't I don't think it got snubbed. I was surprised by, <clears throat> by the boys though when I saw that. I went, oh, interesting, because you know that show is also, uh, you know just off the wall and really violent. And I guess maybe this last season was a little more dramatic than, than maybe not, but still, you know, it's kind of a sort of a, you know, it's, it, it's not something that I would think would be a very dramatic show. Like, like this is us, you know, um, but I'm happy to see it on the list. Cause I love the show. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I think, I think uh, Adam's right. I think the crown is probably going to be the, the winner of it. Although, um, I did bring up the Handmaid's Tale when we talked about this last last podcast that you know this past season was back back to form I should say on the show because the past two seasons before that were a little but this past season was just like wow so I'm I'm absolutely not surprised that it got all the nominations that it got because it was really really top notch so uh, I think maybe if any if anything would have you know, uh, 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 to, to you know, to upset the crown, it might be Handmaid's Tale. That would be my guess. Interesting. Well, you know, the Handmaid's Tale is the only one of these eight shows that has actually won this award for best drama series before. The Crown has not. Mm-hmm. So right, so it um, hasn't. It, it hasn't. No. Oh, by that. <laughs> I, I mean, Claire Foy won. But okay. Uh, no, no, the crown here I'm looking here lost uh last year to succession and then um it was on in what they took a break so the time before that it was on it lost uh the game of thrones oh. in uh both 2018 well, I guess it, this is a fourth season. So the first year it was on it was um it lost the Game of Thrones, and then it. it well, I think this. Discussion. Yeah, this past season of The Crown was so talked about, you know, with Margaret Thatcher and and Diana and all of that, that I really feel like, you know, it's it's the most high pro, high profiled season of that show for sure. Yeah. By the way, The Crown season one actually did lose to The Handmaid's Tale season one. Looking at here, ah. back in 2017. <laughs> but. Um, oh, I actually didn't remember that, but. Maybe uh maybe you're onto something, Kit. Maybe the yeah. handmade sale is, is in better shape than we think. But got a lot Andrew, of are you betting on uh, the crown here? <laughs> I I think the crown seems like the favorite. I mean, I I'd, I'd personally love to see the Mandalorian win. Uh I thought its second season was a lot better. Well, not a lot better, but but definitely substantially better than the first season. And of course, like the end was unbelievable uh so i'd love to see the mandalorian win here i feel like it's between the crown and bridgerton i wouldn't be surprised to see bridgerton upset just because it was so talked about like that was like the show for a month um but yeah i feel like it's between those two yeah um all right let's move on uh we'll stick with series so best limited or anthology series five nominations here uh i may destroy you on hbo uh mayor of easttown on hbo uh the queen's gambit uh the underground railroad gets a nomination and then wandavision also is nominated i, I said this last 
the time we were on. But if it were up to me, they would just get rid of the limited series category and just call all of these dramas, um, especially when you consider, like, Lovecraft Country, which may only ever have one season. Um, yeah. You know, you could – you know, and then where there's a chance Mayor of Easttown may have the second season. I, I don't know. The lines are getting blurred. I, I think this would be much more interesting if you had Mayor of Easttown and the Queen's Gambit going up against, you know, the Crown, the Mandalorian, and Bridgerton. I think that would just be a, a really competitive for fun. But you have those five. Uh, Adam, I'll start with you here. I mean, this, this, this is a really interesting category here. To me, the most the two best shows on TV this year, in my view, were The Queen's Gambit and Mayor of Easttown. And here they are mm-hmm. in the limited series category. Well, what, do, what do you think about this, this category? No, I, I think it's, it's amazing. And actually, it, it kind of goes to a, a, a realistic question I think we should ask. And, and, of course, some of these may not even be limited series. So the lines are even more blurred because, like you said, some of these dramas could be one season and the limited series could be more. But I think there's something to be said for stories having a finite ending. You know, uh, there's nothing I think that can be more destructive to a good show than one that's trying to run so perennially uh, that they, they insert plot devices to keep things going. Right. So I think these stories all had a very clear conclusion at least within the story arc of that year, and it shows. But if I, if I had to pick uh, what would win, I still think it's going to be Queen's Gambit. I know that's uh, kind of a chalk choice, but you know, to Andrew's point, two shows really uh, caught everyone's attention this year. One of them was Bridgerton. The other was Queen's Gambit, uh, at least among Netflix. I still am sort of shocked that it happened, uh, I thought it was great, but I, I there's people that liked it that I, I never thought would watch a show about chess, and it still kind of blows my mind. But I love that it happened, and I think the quality will just ring through, and it'll be the correct win here. Yeah. Andrew, you, you said on our last show this, this category should end the night, and, and I, I agree with you. But um, Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, this could go either way. I mean, this is exciting to me with, with these two really fantastic limited series. I, I don't think the other nominees really have much of a chance, but what do you think? Well, I May Destroy You was probably the best reviewed of all of these. And the Underground Railroad, I mean, it, it just came out pretty recently, but, I mean, that's Barry Jenkins. Um, I mean, this is, like, really prestigious stuff that, that's up there. And then WandaVision, you know, we talked about, um, you know, shows that captured everybody's attention. That was actually probably the most popular of all of them. Was Wand- I mean, WandaVision was crashing yeah. Disney Plus every Thursday night. Um, so this is all like, like to me, this is like the, the quintessential, like, obviously there weren't many water coolers during the pandemic, but like, this the, these were the shows that people were talking about, especially Mayor of Easttown, Queen's Gambit, and WandaVision. And and I agree with you, Phil, where it's like it's also the fact that drama seasons have been so reduced. Like it used to be a season of a drama series was like twenty two, twenty four episodes. Now they're ten episodes, sometimes eight episodes. 
And these limited series, you know, it used to be like the Thornbirds that had like four episodes or Shogun that had like three episodes. Um, like that used to be like what a mini series was, but now they're just as long as the season of a drama series. So it really is like, what is the difference? It, the difference is just that it ends. I don't, I mean, it's like, I don't, I mean, but it's like at the same time, it's like, Seasons of The Sopranos ended, like they had like a, a, a through line that the plot was usually resolved in the season finale. So I just don't see what the difference is anymore. I agree, like it should just be drama series. Like it doesn't matter if it's only going to air for one season or not. Yeah, interesting. I'm looking at uh, some of the past winners for drama series. There's so many different eras of this. Um, you know, kind of you had your Mad Men and you had like Sopranos winning a bunch and then, but before, and then you had the West Wing, but before the Sopranos started winning in the 90s, look at some of these shows, the practice one two years in a row, that was a, a 22 episode type of thing. Law and Order one, ER, NYPD Blue, Picket Fences, I can't believe Northern Exposure won Emmy for Best Drama one year. Was that even a drama? I don't know. L.A. Law won a bunch of times, um, 30-something. So, anyway, very, very different shows from what you have today, for sure. Um, but it's interesting how, how that uh, – Andrew, sorry, what's your pick, Mayor of Easttown or Queen, Queen's Gambit? I think it's going to be Queen's Gambit. Kit, uh, curious to get your take on this and who you think the favorite is. And I'm also just looking at the snub list here. Um, no, no love for Steve McQueen's small act. Uh, as well as Genius, Aretha, and It's a Sin. Right. Also, The Undoing, right? That didn't get it? Right. No, yeah, The Undoing just... Or nor uh, The Good Lord Bird. Right. I think The Undoing got kind of uh, side flights by Maravich down, Um, which was just, yeah, was just... I mean, I liked them both, but definitely Maravich Town was better. Um, you know, I think it's, again, it's a good list and I, I agree with you guys about the, you know, sort of blurring the lines between drama and limited series. Um, especially since if, if a limited series does so well, then it becomes a drama. <laughs> so we'll probably see some of these on the drama list next time around because we'll <laughs> have another season of it. Um, I don't know about the Queen's Gambit, though. I mean, I don't, I'm not entirely sure where you could go from, you know, from that one, where it would, where you go from there. Um, certainly with Mayor of Easttown, you could see another season for that. But, yeah, I mean, it, it is down between those two, in my opinion. And, and I just feel like, although I, I, I love them both equally, but I think the Queen's Gambit as well is probably going to win. Yeah, I don't know. Queen's Gambit's the favorite, but I could see it going either way. Um, all right, let's move on. We'll talk about uh, Best Actor in a Comedy Series. The nominees here, Anthony Anderson gets another nomination for Blackish. Michael Douglas nominated again for The Komeninsky Method. William H. Macy for Shameless. Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso. And then Keenan Thompson gets nominated for Keenan. <laughs> Um, at least not for SNL. Maybe you you always seem SNL, very but... upset about Keenan Thompson getting nominations, Phil. Because that show is horrible. <laughs> so the snub list I'm looking here, obviously, 
Andrew, you mentioned it. Billy Zabka for Cobra Kai. Ralph Macchio is also on this list for Cobra Kai, even though I think Billy Billy Zabka. I don't know how you can snub him and get put like Keenan Thompson over him or or like William <laughs> H Macy for the eleventh <laughs> season of Shameless. Do, do we really need <laughs> to do that? Do we really need to? Um, or I still think he should have been nominated for Sports Night back in '99, but maybe he was. I don't know. I have to look that up. But and then Ted Danson listed as a as a snub here for Mr. Mayor, which is you know whatever. He's kind of Ted Danson in that. But um, Andrew, first of all, I, I don't know who's going to stop Jason Sudeikis here. Um, but do you think anyone does? And then what do you think about the snub? Yeah, I don't think anyone's stopping Sudeikis. I mean, you know, he's co i mean co kind of creator is, a, is you know is based on a tv commercial but you know he wrote several of the episodes i mean this is his show this is a chance to honor him for sure like it, it's got to be sudeikis for ted lasso here um but then yeah you get to the snubs look i i love keenan i think keenan is great i love him on snl i hope he never leaves snl although it seemed like maybe this was his last season um I think Keenan's great. That show is terrible. Like, that show is unwatchable. I tried. I was excited for it because I wanted to support Keenan. The show is bad. Well, what He's is not it about? particularly. About him, so here's, here's the thing that's funny. It is almost exactly the same plot as Full House. So Keenan <laughs> is a widower who lives with um, – his, his uh, late wife's father-in-law, and I think his brother. So the father-in-law is, is Don Johnson, and then Chris Redd is his brother. And except for having two kids, they have three kids. And he also hosts a morning show just like Danny Tanner. Like, it's the same plot as Full House. Jeez. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's not wow. good. And then, like – you see, Bill, Billy Zabka, I mean, and also, like, who doesn't love a comeback story? I mean, like, Billy Zabka's been knocking around and, like, kind of, th- like, villain cameo roles and, like, <laughs> you know, pilots that didn't go anywhere and all sorts of stuff, basically since the Karate Kid. And, you know, now he's back and he's so good and he's carrying this great show. And, yeah, I mean... Keenan Ty- and, and William H. Macy for Shameless. Who is still watching Shameless? It's been the same episode for like a like I gave up on that show in like the middle of the second season when I was like, every episode of the show is exactly the same. And they're an hour. Like, it's insufferable. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Billy Zabka. Justice for Billy Zabka. <laughs> and by the way, I was not exaggerating when I said the 11th season of Shameless. Shameless is actually done. 11 seasons and a 12th sort of sub-season. So, um. Well, that's what I was talking about, Phil, when I said shows that go on too long to be perennially on. There's your perfect mm-hmm. example, right? Mm-hmm. But that Keenan show, does he at least have a friend that likes orange soda? He's got to <laughs> at least have that. Right? No, he doesn't. Kel is, well, I don't know. I didn't watch every episode. For all I know, Kel shows up at some point. <laughs> you need Kel. Right. That's what's missing. Keenan and Cal is good, right? You, without Cal, it's just missing something for drastic. By the way, uh, William H. Macy has been nominated for Shameless now seven times. Um, they, they just keep and nominating I mean, him for that. Also, but why has, are you nominating the guy who was just involved in the college admission scandal? 
<laughs> well, it was his wife. It's really his wife. I know it was, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sure that he was, had had absolutely nothing to do with it. <laughs> and actually, I have to apologize. It turns out William H. Macy was nominated for Sports Night back in the year 2000. Oh, standing good. Back there in the comedy <laughs> series. Um, and he, he did win Emmys back in 2003 for Best Actor in a Limited Series for something called Door to Door. Um, so, anyway, um, do, you trivia. do you think it's possible that William H. Macy and Felicity Huffman hired Emmy voters to take the test for the real voters? Speaking of full house, I mean, Lori Laughlin's not on Keenan. Anyway. Um, all right, Kit, what are you, any thoughts about Best Actor in a Comedy? No. Jason has got it all okay. the way. <laughs> all right. Adam, any thought, Any additional thoughts here? I mean, yes, obviously. I, I mean, it's no secret I think Jason Sudeikis should win, but I think it's worth taking a moment to recognize what an improbable thing it is that, that this happened. I mean, it's, it's the Schitt's Creek story to me of, of this year. Uh, but remarkable thing. I mean, if, if, if you go back to when someone put the, the green light on the show, I, I would have said that's crazy to take a set of commercials that were kind of funny from years ago on NBC Sports and think you're going to – I would have thought it would go the same way as the Geico Caveman, Caveman show or one of those things that were just ridiculously gimmicky. <laughs> It just speaks to, you know, the incredible vision that Sudeikis had to, to have made this into such a success. It's, it's sort of a, uh, inspirational. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Uh, let's move on, and we'll talk about uh, Best Actress in a Comedy Series. The nominees here, Aidy Bryant for Shrill. I've heard she's great, but I haven't actually seen it. Um, at least she gets nominated for um, not SNL for an actual acting performance. Uh, Kaylee Cuoco for The Flight Attendant. Allison Janney, a past winner, uh, gets nominated for Mom. Tracy Ellis Ross nominated again for Blackish. And Jean Smart nominated for Hacks. Kit, uh-oh, I'll read to you the snub list. So, Kit, the snub list, uh, Maya Erskine for Pen15, Anna Conkle for Pen15, Renee Elise Goldsberry for Girls 5 Eva. Um, she's not on this snub list, but I also think Sarah Brawls was snubbed for Girlfriend Ever, and then Jane Levy for Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, and Robin Seed for A Black Lady Sketch Show. So those were the snubs. Um, it, this seems like a two-horse race to me between Gene Smart and Kaylee Cuoco, but you have to think they're just going to give it to Gene Smart. I mean, they they yeah. she, she's been around forever. They just have to, to give it to her, you know, right? Oh, yeah. No, 100%. She's by far, I I have not seen Shirley either, but I have heard good things about it. But um, I thought Kaylee Cuoco, to be honest with you, she also irritated me in that show. I I mean, I get it. I get why she got nominated, you know, um, but she did. She she really did irritate me. Uh, and, you know, I, I feel like Tracy Ellis Ross and Allison Janney, okay, yeah, they are staples now to this category. But those snubs you just read, you know, there's definitely they could have easily replaced one of these two, you know, veterans with one of those people, you know, just to be different to show how they're on top of things. But nope, nope, they went the safe route. <laughs> but I think it's G yeah. smart all the way. 
Yeah, I mean, Andrew, what do you think of this list? I mean, A.D. Bryant, a little bit of a surprise here. Um, but maybe instead of, like, another year of Allison Janey or, and Tracy Ellis Ross, they, they could have reached maybe for a um, – for one of the Pen15 actresses or one of the Girls 5 Ever actresses, for sure. Um, what, what do you think, Andrew? Andrew? Oh, wait. Hello. Sorry, sorry. Hello. Andrew, Hello. we lost you. You're back. Oh. Okay. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was muted. I guess I was okay. saying too many off-color things. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I'm going to support the Girls 5 Ever cast getting nominated. I agree with you. I, I thought Sarah Bareilles was hilarious on that show. And, and same with Renee Elise Goldsberry. Um, and also Jane Levy. Like, like, I mean, I wonder if she got much of an Emmy push since that show was already canceled. Um, but yeah, I mean, like its second season uh, was better than the first season. Like, I, I think that she should have been up for it as well. Yeah, I mean, it, and it does get to, like, you know, Adam and, and, and you as well, Phil, we've been talking about, like, when it's kind of like the same people, like, you know, Tracy Ellis Ross for Blackish, Alice and Janney for Mom. I know it was Mom's last season. Um, but it's just like, you know, you kind of want to keep having fresh blood in this category. Uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, I, Honestly, I do think, I, like, I was talking. Last season. Oh. I, I watched Mom was the last episode. It was no, it's over. Okay. <laughs> Anna Ferris left uh, a couple seasons ago. Um, yeah, no, I knew but that. yeah, I, I do think the thing that's so interesting about Jean Smart is like, this is the pinnacle of her career right now. And she's right. almost 70. Like how great is that for somebody, you know, she's been around forever. She was never like not working or, you know, but I mean, I think until the last couple years, you'd still say the biggest thing that she ever did was designing women. Yep. Um, and, and now, you know, she's, she's, you know, come out, you know, Watchmen, mayor of Easttown and hacks all right together. And it just seems like she's at the top of her career, like, like this late in her career. And, you know, you know, especially it's, it's just great to see like, cause in Hollywood, it's like, you know, when usually like when female actresses get to be like 35, 40, they, they don't really have many roles for them anymore to see Jean smart, just like at the absolute top this late in her career. I think it's really, I think it's just really great. Yeah. Interesting notes on, on Jean smart. She's actually won three Emmys before. Um, she won, uh, guest actress best guest actress for Frasier back in 2000 and 2001 back to back years and then she won best supporting actress in a comedy series back in 08 for Samantha Who so and she never uh, she never won for Designing Women she was never even nominated for Designing Women really um, and then uh, a lot of people thought she should have won last year for Watchmen, but she was nominated, did not win. And then uh, uh, this year she's nominated twice. She's also nominated, of course, for, for Mayor of Easttown um, for Best Supporting Actress in a, in a Limited Series. So there is some hit Emmy history with, um, with Jean Smart. Um, by the way, she lost uh, last year for Watchmen to Uzo Aduba for Mrs. America, another their Emmy favorite, um, you know, as good as Jean Smart is, 
I wouldn't totally discount the Emmy voters saying, oh, we'll just give it to the young, hot, blonde girl and go with Kaylee Cuoco, who, by the way, never got even a nomination for the Big Bang Theory for the Emmys. This is her first Emmy nomination, so so that's interesting. Um, but she's not very good. But, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, uh, Adam, what do you think? Any thoughts on Best Actress in a, in a comedy series? No, I mean, I think I think you pretty much summed it up. I still am not clear on why The Flight Attendant is a comedy, but I guess right. it's going to be in this, <laughs> in this category. You might as well put Kaylee Cuoco there, right? Um, you know, uh, I I think the you know the number of comedy series, and I felt like there were a lot of funny shows that I watched this year. But strangely, when you look at the nominees, I guess there weren't. So uh, I think it, it, it's really nice, like you like the others were saying, for Gene Smart to get this recognition. You know, maybe she'll have the the Betty White career trajectory where it just keeps going up and up as she approaches 90. (laughs) (laughs) But it's well-deserved, right? So I'm happy for her. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, I thought the flight attendant was supposed to be a limited series, and then somehow they they changed it to a – isn't it – I mean, I didn't see it, but isn't it just a mystery series that gets wrapped up in the first season? Kind of, yeah. Anyway. Maybe there'll be another mystery in the second season. Also, by the way, right, I don't know. If, yeah. Well, just real quick, it's kind of like we were talking about dramas and limited series. Don't you? Obviously, comedies are also a very gray line at this point, too, right? Of course. Because hat, even though it is very funny, it's not. It's not all funny, you know. And I just, it's it's like comedies are very complicated now. <laughs> Overall. Yeah. Well, at one point, the the, the line was kind of blurred remember they didn't know what to do with orange is the new black and then um, right they came out with the rule that said if it's a half hour it's a comedy if it's an hour it's a drama which is pretty ridiculous um if you ask me because why can't you have an hour-long comedy or a half hour long drama but uh that was the rule i think they changed it especially now that these streamers have episodes of varying lengths um but yeah it is a tough thing a lot of people feel master of none should have been even though it got completely stopped, should have been viewed as a drama, not a comedy this year. So, um, All right, let's move on. Uh, best Actress in a Drama. I'll start here. The nominees are Uzo Aduba, Olivia Coleman, Emma Corrin, uh, both for The Crown, uh, Uzo Aduba for In Treatment, by the way, Elizabeth Moss for The Handmaid's Tale, MJ Rodriguez for Pose, and Journey Smollett for Lovecraft Country. Um this one might be a little bit – well, it, it does seem like Emma Corrin has kind of won sort of a lot of the, the other award shows for for The Crown. Um, but we also know that, that the, the voters do love uh, Olivia Coleman, even though she hasn't actually won an Emmy yet for this role. Uh, Adam, I'll start with you. What do you think about Best Drama Actress? Well, I think it is going to go to The Crown. Um, but I don't know. I have this, this just weird thing with Olivia Coleman that I feel like she always wins when she's like the runner up option. It's, it's happened like three times now, uh, whether it was the Oscars, the Emmys, and I think voters really like, her. so I, I'm going to take a, a slight 
go out on a on a limb and say that Olivia Coleman wins the award. All right. Um, Andrew, by the way, I'm looking at the, the snub list, if you will. Um, this includes Aya Cash for the boys, uh, playing a white supremacist superhero. Um, Phoebe Dynavore for Bridgerton. A- Adam, I don't know if you want to comment on that real quick. Yeah, I mean, she snubbed, right? But I think, you know, Reggae Jean Page was far more the attraction, right? Which, which makes it even more surprising that he's not in the next season. But, you know, putting that aside, look, I think she did a great job, but I don't feel like it's an enormous snub. I don't think her character had tremendous range. Uh, You know, you you can be very good but not be Emmy nomination worthy and and still be celebrated. So uh, I'm not not losing sleep over it. I'll put it that way. All right. Um, So anyway, Andrew, I'll go back to you. Uh, What do you think of uh, Best Actress in a Drama? I mean, I I tend to agree that, like, Emma Corrin – I mean, I I also agree with Adam that – it's hard to ever count out Olivia Coleman. She seems like she's the new Meryl Streep, or it seems like she could just win at any time. But also, Uzo Aduba has won three Emmys in the last, like, six years. Um, and the one thing that we know about the Emmys is once you start winning, you tend to keep winning. <laughs> so I... That would not be a shocker to me if maybe the crown actresses kind of split the vote a little bit and, and Uzo Aduba uh, slips in there. I feel like that would be a good, I don't know if the betting odds are out, but I think she'd be a, probably a good long shot bet uh, to, to upset there. Interesting. By the way, Emma Corrin did not actually win the SAG for this role. It, it, believe it or not, they combined like supporting and, and lead, and, and then the SAG went to Jillian Anderson for the crown. But uh, Emma Corrin did win the Golden Globe for the crown. So, um, Kit, any thoughts here about Best Drama Actress? I mean, you know, I kind of I kind of agree with everyone about about Olivia Coleman. You know, maybe pulling it out, and I think it's probably between those two. But you know, again. Uh, don't rule out Elizabeth Moss either, to be honest with you. I know I keep talking about Handmaid's Tale, but, uh, you know, she really did some spectacular work. So, and they have loved that in the past, that show. And I think she's won before too, right? Hasn't she? Yeah, uh, she, she won might have. for the first season of that yeah. show. Anyway, we'll see. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty good list uh, with the crown being kind of the favorite, so. Yeah. I'll, probably, I'll probably edge that All right. way. Um, we'll move on and talk about best actor in a drama. Um, so here we have uh, Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us, a, a past winner for this uh, award category. Uh, Jonathan Majors for Lovecraft Country, Josh O'Connor for The Crown, Regé Jean Page <clears throat> for uh, Bridgerton, Billy Porter, who also won for this uh this category in the past for Pose and Matthew Reef gets nominated for Perry Mason and he won this award for the Americans a few years ago, years ago. So we've got Kit um, three past winners in this category, but it seems like the favorite is um, in everyone's mind is Josh O'Connor for the crown who, who was fantastic as um, 
Prince Charles. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Josh is definitely the front runner in my opinion. But when I saw Matthew Reese's name on here, I went, yes. Because I really loved Perry Mason. I thought it was a great show, and uh, I, he was fantastic in it. So I was glad to see his name on here. Um, and Roger Jean Page. I mean, come on. I, I know you. I know you're saying that the other the other chick didn't have a you know a whole lot of arc to her. But I don't think Roger had much of an arc either. But he was damn fine to watch, and you know I think that counted for a lot of it. But. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Bridgerton, I, I overall feel like that's just, you know, one of those fun, soap opery, you know, gossip girl type of, of show with a little bit of class to it. So, I mean, I'm glad I got a lot of attention, but I don't, I don't know if the acting necessarily is what stood out about that, <laughs> in my opinion. I, I, don't, I don't know, Kit, wasn't that yeah, I, I burned view line delivered with such verve? I mean, it, it's something that meme worthy. You deserve something for your acting, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, Adam, any, any thoughts about um, a <laughs> drama actor? How do you feel about yeah, you know, Rose Jean Page getting nominated? I mean, look, I'm I'm glad he's nominated, especially because, like I was saying, apparently this is his one crack uh, to be nominated because he's not back. Uh, mm-hmm. I still feel like that's got to be some huge joke, and they're going to no, surprise the he's, he's been written in the script somehow. Yeah, um, I guess it's the books. That's why they're doing it like that. Because even right. though the the sister's in it, again, she she doesn't have a very big part in it. Or, I don't know, something like that. But anyway, it's because of the books. <laughs> Blame the books! No, I, I right. agree. I, I feel like give him something. He could just stand around and, and watch others, right? But I think it's it's got to be, it's got to be Josh O'Connor. I agree, he's gonna win. Like it just feels like it'd be shocking if he didn't. Yeah, he's and by the way, Josh O'Connor is a. I mean, you think of him as Prince Charles, but he's had so many interesting roles in his career that it's kind of gone under the radar. He, he's got a lot of range. He can do a lot of different things. Um, yeah, Andrew, I'm looking at the snub, the snub list here. Um, you know, Pedro Pascal for The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. A snub. He, he took off his, his helmet a few times in the show, so I think that has to be considered. Um, but Joseph Fiennes for The Handmaid's Tale, I, I don't know if you guys think that's a snub, or Justin Thoreau for The Mosquito Coast. I don't know anyone who's seen that show, but uh, Andrew, what, what do you think about Best Actor in a, in a Drama? What about Kevin Costner for Yellowstone? I think it's kind of surprising yeah. that he's never really that in the mix, considering... It's it's never gotten much. It's never really gotten any Emmy love, even though it's it's extremely popular. I think it's the number one scripted show on cable. Um, yeah, it's just and you know, and it has Taylor Sheridan writes every episode, and he's an Oscar nominated screenwriter. Uh, I think twice. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's you have Kevin Costner. You have yeah, it's it's surprising that that show doesn't get any Emmy love. I mean, everybody, you know, Josh O'Connor, I haven't seen The Crown, so I can't really remark on, on how good he is on that show. But I just think Reggae Jean Page, it's, it's his only season on the show. He was such a breakout. Oh. Um, we have an upset, uh, upset I, here? I, I like upset him alert. as an upset, too. I, I think the thing with the Emmys is there's usually more upsets um, 
at the Emmys for sure than the Oscars, because like, oh. like we've said that there's no precursors, like, like there's no, there's nothing to really like, you know, kind of like set your model against essentially. So the Golden Globes. yeah, I, 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 yeah, but that, that doesn't count. That's like, you know, that's 35 corrupt the journalists. Closest, like, right. <laughs> the, the yeah. But I mean, and, and, and they also but do it off of a different time yeah. frame. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like Reggae Jean. I, I like that. I like him as an upset pick, too. There have been a lot of big, big upsets. Every year we talk about, like, four total shocks at the Emmys, but, like, maybe even more. Um, all right. Well, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, also, I, you know, Jonathan Majors, I thought he was the former football coach at Pitt, right, in Tennessee. Johnny Majors. Anyway. Um, let's move on. Uh, we'll stick with lead acting category. And uh, normally I don't do lead actress in a limited series this early, but, but I, I have to with the, the nominees we have here. So we've got uh, Michaela Cole for I May Destroy You, Cynthia Erivo for Genius Aretha, um, Elizabeth Olsen for WandaVision, and then you've got Anya Taylor-Joy for The Queen's Gambit and Kate Winslet for Mayor of Easttown. And to me, this, you know, after limited series is maybe the most, you know, powerhouse category. I mean, I think two of the best acting performances by anyone in any show this year were, were Anya Taylor-Joy and, and Kate Winslet. Um, and then I, I've actually, even though I didn't see I May Destroy You, I, I heard from one well-known critic that Michaela Cole had some of the, the best acting you could ever imagine uh, in I May Destroy You. So, so keep that in mind. So, uh, Kit, uh, I'll go to you. Um, what do you think about um, best actress in a limited series? Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough call here. They're, they're, you know, really any one of them, uh, except for maybe Elizabeth Olsen. I think she's kind of, in my opinion, sort of the, the last one on the list. But, um, you know, it's it's tough. I, I think, you know, Kate Winslet may have, have um, a slight edge over Anya Taylor-Joy, just maybe only because everyone, she's the freshest and everyone's talking about her accents and how everyone nailed it. And, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a toss up for me, but probably it'll go to Anya Taylor-Joy. I don't know. But Michaela, uh, you know, Cole could certainly step in and and win as well. I I don't really know, to be honest with you. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to remain undecided on this one at this point. Well, I'll mention a, a snub real quick. Nicole Kidman snubbed for The Undoing. Um, and yeah, we know love voters it. love her. So, yeah, that's a, maybe a surprise. Yeah. I think it, it speaks to the depth of this category. Um, Adam, I'll go to you next. Best actress here. What do you think? You know, I'm still sticking with what I said in the last show with Anya Taylor-Joy. I just felt like... She, she had such a breakout year. She was that show. I mean, she was so definitively that. I mean, I I don't discount the effect of, you know, Kate Winslet's star, and it's, it's bright, and she was obviously amazing in this and, and deserving, but I just, I think Anya Taylor-Joy is sort of unstoppable, that just everybody likes her. She was so sort of, 
compelling, beguiling as this character. Uh, it just felt like this was her explosion onto the scene, and, and it's going to be rewarded. Interesting. Yeah, you know, Adam, uh, sorry, Andrew, this is where you have the, the kind of different time period, because Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, I believe, won a SAG, uh, to confirm that, and a Golden Globe, and Critics' Choice but she didn't have to go up against Kate Winslet for, for any of those. So that, that's where the, the time frame comes into, in, into, into play here. Um, Andrew, curious to know what you think in this category. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because Mayor of Easttown is obviously more recent in everybody's memory because it, it ended, um, you know, just a month or two ago. But, I mean, I, I, I really think that this is going to be something where w- when people go back to vote and, and they think about the Queen's Gambit versus Mayor of Easttown, both from the performance of, of, its, of its lead and the quality of the series overall, I, I think that they're, that they're going to vote Queen's Gambit both times. I, I just think that was the superior show. I think it was, I think it was the superior performance and, you know, it's, it's tough when you're saying like, yep, this, this, this person was better than Kate Winslet, but because Kate Winslet's always about as good as anybody, but I just think it was the superior. I thought she was just incredible in that one. Um, so yeah, I think that Anya Taylor joy is going to end up winning. Like, like I said before, I think the queen's Gambit's going to end up winning. Um, yeah. I, I just think that this is going to be more of a sweep for that than it will for mayor of East town. Interesting. I, I have to say, I, I did finally watch The Queen's Gambit, um, and I actually thought Kate Winslet did a better job than Anya Taylor-Joy, and I watched both those two shows within a, a few weeks of each other, so that that's my take. I mean, it, it's neck and neck, but I, I thought she was just phenomenal on that show, how she portrayed someone going through so much grief and and mm-hmm. the, the physicality that Kate Winslet brings to every role is so impressive, and the way she kind of moved, and she, I think she gained weight for this role, which you know they like to see. Um, so I, I, I'm going to predict uh, Kate Winslet, but then I, I think they'll split it. I think they'll give it to Queen's Gambit for, for best series. So um, we, we shall see. Uh, let's move on. Best Actor in a Limited Series. Uh, the nominees here are... Uh, Paul Bettany for WandaVision, uh, Hugh Grant for The Undoing, so he gets in, but not Nicole Kidman, Ewan McGregor, a surprise for some people for Halston, and then we get actors from Hamilton, Lin-Manuel Miranda, and Leslie Odom Jr. Um, both. I, I, I don't know why Leslie Odom's a lead actor in that anyway, but um, Andrew, I'll, I'll go to you here. Um, First of all, with Hamilton, they they said, okay, you can't win, you can't nominate a TV movie if it was entered for the Oscars. So we have this weird TV movie rule where it's like the best, because now every movie is a TV movie, essentially, uh, at least at this time we're in. So you have this, this weird thing where it's the best movie that's not sent in for the Oscars, but you can win a Tony and an M for the same performance. So I, I don't quite get that. Um, what do you think? What do you think about this category? So, I mean, my, my other thing with Hamilton 
is, isn't it a concert film? Like, isn't mm-hmm. it technically a documentary? Like, if you went to see Stop Making Sense, the Talking Heads movie, you weren't saying, oh, David Byrne should get nominated for Best Actor. You were like, no, this is a documentary. This is a, a concert film documenting this performance. And I yeah, know that Hamilton was like, well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I mean, I, I, I know that Hamilton is, you know, that they tried to do like a more enhanced version of that for television. But at the end of the day, it is a, it is a filmed document of a, of a stage performance. It's not, it's not a performance for the screen. So that's why it, it, it does seem strange to me that, that they're nominated in this category. Like, like it doesn't, it doesn't just, it doesn't seem appropriate. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's strange. And I mean, I don't know. I didn't watch the good Lord bird, but apparently Ethan Hawke was a major snub. Uh, yeah. A lot of people for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like with, with who's left, I mean, maybe it goes to Hugh Grant for the undoing. Um, I mean, Halston, I, I feel like I've seen a lot of marketing for Halston, and I have no idea what it is. Um, and, yeah, I, I just don't know. I, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 just, I just don't know that they're going to give it to Paul Bettany for WandaVision, although he was great on that show, so maybe he'll, yeah. maybe he'll sneak in there. But, yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Phil. Like, it, it just it doesn't seem like you were nominating a screen performance with Hamilton. It seems like you were nominating – a stage performance and really what that was, was a, was capturing that rather than a performance for the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. By the way, Hugh, Hugh Grant has not won an Emmy, but he was nominated for a very English scandal a few years ago. Um, Kit, yeah. It seems like you want to jump in here. What do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, you're right. It's, it's, how, how do you, how do you nominate, for performance on something they've already won Tony's for. It's the same performance. They're not doing anything different. You know, it just happens to be on television now. So it, it really doesn't make any sense. So it's, uh, it's odd. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if I were to pick somebody, I would pick Hugh Grant only because, you know, he played completely off type and, uh, you know, did it very effectively. I mean, that he was, quite chilling in that and um you know for my for my money i would put it on him yeah interesting um adam what what do you think about the hamilton controversy and and who's your favorite here you know i'm waffling on who i think is actually going to win i I, I kind of agree that I think Hugh Grant could win this. I, I I really liked him in that role. I mean, it was it was a different kind of character for him, uh, and there was something very chilling uh, about the way he played him. Uh, that I, at some point, you know, you're watching a show like this and you're saying, okay, there's these mega stars. I kind of forgot at times I was watching Hugh Grant. I, I really felt like he embodied that character and that that's saying something um so i wouldn't i wouldn't be upset to see him win the, this whole hamilton thing though I, I totally agree with you phil uh, i don't think it should be nominated for this the whole idea of 
Hamilton becoming a movie was to hit the big screen. So I just don't really understand using the pandemic to suddenly put it in, in the Emmys. This just doesn't uh, doesn't jive with me. So, you know, I guess everyone watched it on TV, but uh, I don't know. It's, 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 yeah, and, and even on the big screen, it. it's it's still a concert film. It's like if you go to the Fathom events of um, like Labo M or something like that, you wouldn't expect the act the the actors in that opera to be eligible for an Oscar because you saw the movie, like like because you saw the the concert film that they put on in, in a movie theater. Like it just it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. What about like you know, Chicago to... getting nominated for, for you know and winning Best Picture like 2002? Is that well, similar? That was that was that was a movie. That was a movie made of the TV of of the right. stage show. They didn't they didn't stick right. three cameras in the in the <laughs> audience of the of the <laughs> right. you know, of the exactly. of the Eugene O'Neill Theater on Broadway and just put it out there. Exactly. <laughs> and they are eventually going to make a Hamilton movie. That Are will they? actually be filmed as if we're, yeah, I mean, it's been in talks for years, but I'm sure they will. I mean, there's too much money for them in it not to. I mean, they're making the Dear Evan Hansen movie is coming out this year. And, you know, all the Rent, there was a Rent movie. There's all these in, in the that really popular become movies. Yeah, In the Heights yeah. obviously just became a movie. Um, right, so. in, 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 in the Heights up for TV movie? Because it was on HBO Max. I mean, that's, well, see that's now, see the thing about it. Well, that's the time uh, period. Wrong time period. Well, and it's submitted the for an about those, The thing about those things is that usually they, you know, if they change, if they take a Broadway show and turn it into a movie, they don't necessarily use the same actors from the Broadway show in, in the movie. I mean, sometimes they do, but not, you know, usually they cast movie stars, whatever, like Chicago, everything like that, right? This exactly this is exactly the same show that won all those Tonys. The same actors, the same thing. It's like there's nothing. It shouldn't even be considered. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's if interesting we all, we is all mentioned here is Hamilton was nominated for best movie for the Golden Globes, and now it's getting an Emmy <laughs> nomination. Uh, but it wasn't, I guess, submitted for an Oscar. So the, the uh, otherwise, the only go. way, the only way this should have been nominated for an Emmy would be if it was like the producers being part of Curb Your Enthusiasm for a TV show. That would that would be the only way. <laughs> That's a good good point. By the way, I just looked it up. Uh, Lin Man, uh, Leslie Odom Jr. actually won Best Actor in the Tonys for Aaron Burr. Over Lin Manuel Miranda, but Lin Manuel won all the Tonys for the music and the production, et cetera. So just just an interesting um, note there. Um, all right, let's move on real quick. I'll, I'll try to get through some of these. We'll, we'll race through a little bit. Uh, best supporting actor in a comedy nominees here: Carl Clemens Hopkins for Hacks. Um, we have four actors from Ted Lasso: Brett Goldstein, Brendan Hunt, Jeremy Swift. And uh, Nick Mohammed. We also have Paul Reiser getting a nomination. I know we devoted some time to him last time. And then, of course, um, Andrew, I know you're always frustrated when this happens, but two SNL actors, Ian <laughs> Thompson and Bowen Yang, 
Uh, so Keenan Thompson with two nominations uh, for this Emmy show. But Adam, I'll start with you. You were the most excited about seeing four Ted Lasso nominees here. What, what do you think? Well, I was excited because, like I said, the Diamond Dogs all made it, right? So if, if you look at that scene when the Diamond Dogs really strike, it's Roy Kent, right, meeting with the, those four guys. The one that shocked me, I was really surprised to see uh, the guy who plays Nate on this list. Not that I'm upset about it. Uh, I'm happy. But, yeah. you know, it, I don't know that his acting was necessarily phenomenal. Uh, he was a likable character. You know, don't get me wrong. But, you know, I guess it is very much of an ensemble cast, right, especially these more uh, – secondary characters. I mean, if you ask me who the best side characters are, it's, I'd say it's Hannah Waddingham and, and Juno Temple, right, in the women's category. But, you know, how do you even pick among these four? I would guess if anyone wins, it'd be Brett Goldstein or um, the guy who plays uh, Coach Beer. I think it has to be one of those two. Brendan Hunt, yeah. No, yeah, I Brendan mean, this Hunt. is a yeah. wide-open category. Um, Kit, I mean, Gold Derby is Keenan Thompson as a favorite, but I find that hard to believe. This, to me, anyone can win this. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's tough because, <laughs> you know, it's tough because, like we've always said, you know, when you're when a show has multiple nominees, uh, it's hard to, you know, they they sort of cancel them each other out. So, I, you know, I feel like. I feel like one of the Ted Lasso guys are going to win, but which one, you know, they were all so good. And so it's going to be hard. I suppose if, if I were to really pick, I, I would say, is it, is it Nick Muhammad who played the, the crusty veteran player? That who? No, no, that's Brett Goldstein. Ah, um, really? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I had the same reaction with that, that, Apparently he's, I think he's Israeli background or something like that. Oh, okay. Well, if I were to pick anyone from Ted Lasso, I'd probably pick him only because of his arc in the film, in the show, you know? Um, yeah. I feel like all the other ones were great supporting actors, but they kind of just played the same, you know, their, their characters. But he really had a, an, an actual arc to his character in, in the first season. So I would, I would pick him. If I were going to pick somebody from Ted Lasso, yeah. I feel like somebody from Ted Lasso is probably going to win. <laughs> yeah, Kit, I, I agree with you. I think it's probably Brett, Brett Goldstein. By the way, when I say anyone could win, I, I, I don't think Paul Reiser can win. But, uh, Andrew, <laughs> what, what do you think about this category? Well, I just want to say I'm, I was super excited to see Carl Clements Hopkins nominated for Hacks. I think he's yeah, great he's on that show. Yeah. I think he's probably my favorite character on that show. Um, he's the so, yeah, I, I, I was, yeah, yeah. So I, I was really excited to see him get nominated. I think that that was, that was well-deserved. But, and what was funny was like, I, after the nominations came out, I was all ready to come on this podcast and say, did they really need to nominate four people from Ted Lasso? But then I look at like kind of the rest of the list and it's like, yeah, I guess they did. Yeah. Cause there's not a whole <laughs> lot of uh, uh, other competition um, in this category. So, so I guess it makes sense, but I, I gotta, I gotta go with the gold derby odds here. I don't, I don't know if it's been what? announced that it was Keenan's last season, 
it seemed like it was based on the last episode. And if it is, you know, he's been on SNL for, for much longer than anybody ever was. I, I think that they're going to give it to him. I, I think that there's too much vote splitting wow. with Ted Lasso. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they're going to give it to Keenan. Hmm. He has uh, been on that show since 2003. Um, wow. And he actually has won once before for SNL, um, I believe. So um, maybe he could win again. I'm not sure. But uh, it'll be interesting. By the way, you know, there were eight nominees here. That means there must have been a tie, I guess, somewhere, um, which, which might explain, explain it a little bit. But um, I'm looking at the snub list, Andrew, and you're right. I mean, it's not impressive. Lawrence Fishburne for Blackish, T.R. McKnight for the flight attendant and Ray Romano for made for love. So um, pretty sure they, none of those guys really deserve it. Um, all right, let's move on and we'll talk about uh, best supporting actress in a comedy series. The nominees here are A.D. Bryant for SNL. Um, we also have Cecily Strong for SNL and Kate McKinnon for SNL for three SNL actresses. Um, then uh, the, the Hannah's, Hannah Einbinder for Hacks, who, who's great in that show, as well as Hannah Waddingham for Ted Lasso. And then, uh, just for good measure, we have uh, Rosie Perez for The Flight Attendant. Um, Kit, it's got to be <laughs> Hannah Waddingham, right? Um, I don't even know, know if she's supporting. I feel like she's lead, but... I I don't know. I mean, that it's a good that's a good guess, but I'm actually leaning towards the other Hannah from uh Hacks. Um I just think she was spectacular. Uh and and really, you know, I, I don't know. There was just something about that character and which and she, how she and and Jean's Mark out, you know, their chemistry together, but I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of leaning more towards her. I think she might she might be the one to pull, to pull it out, but we'll see. Interesting. I forgot to mention Juno Temple. Ju- Juno Temple got a nomination for Ted Lasso as well. I forgot to mention that. Um, and so A.D. Bryant, by the way, has two nominations in these Emmys uh, as well. So SNL and Shrill. Um, Adam, what, what do you think? Hannah Waddingham, Hannah Einbinder, Juno Temple, what, what's your take? I mean, I, I love Juno Temple so much. Uh, I feel like she's sort of the underdog of the two Ted Lasso women, but she was so good on that show. But I, I, I'm going to go with Hannah Waddingham, and I think she's getting a lot of attention also. Uh, going back to even the, this sort of chilling realization many have had that she was the shame woman from Game of Thrones, I think has given her almost a little bit more of a badass uh, quality. What? So, yeah, did you know that, Kit? No. He's the one who said, shame, shame, shame. Oh. And she was also uh, very good on sex education, uh, playing one of the, the mom, lesbian moms of the swimmer. Uh, but she was... Huh. So she's had <laughs> kind of an interesting story, but I, I, I like her chances. So to sum it up, Phil, I think... Shame is in, and shameless should be out. All right. Uh, and by the way, I'm looking at a snub list. There's not much here. Lori Metcalf for the Connors and Kathleen Turner 
for the Cominance game after maybe Kathleen Turner should have gotten in over one of the SNL women. I don't know, but um, what, what do you think, Andrew? Uh, your, your favorite here for the best supporting actress in a comedy? Well, am I the only one who thinks it's absolutely insane that Hannah Einbinder is nominated in this category? She's the main character on that show. True. Like that show is about <laughs> her. Point. Like if any, if anything, Gene Smart is actually the supporting actor on that show. I mean, I'd call them both leads, but yeah, she's the main character them. on the show. They, I don't, well, they I probably mean, decided to, you know, for for yeah, better, you I know, know that better coverage. You're but, allowed to yeah. submit yourself in whatever category you want to submit yourself in, but uh, it's ridiculous. She is. She has more to do than anybody else on this in this category, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, I just think it's so silly. When I saw that, I was like, she's the lead. Like, she should be in the lead category, and she should probably be nominated there because she's good on the show. Uh, especially considering that that's basically her first performance ever on anything. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I think that that's even more remarkable. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's going to be Hannah Waddingham. I think that, I mean, first of all, it's a true supporting performance. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I think that I'm really starting to come over to like kind of what Adam was saying about after I just said, maybe hacks could upset in comedy. Maybe this is one of those Ted Lasso things where it's just, just like um, Schitt's Creek last year, where it's just, it's just Ted Lasso across the board. Um, yeah, maybe. Of course, I just said Keenan was going to upset and sporting actor. So I'm, I'm giving all sorts of wild <laughs> predictions out here to, to throw people off the scent. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think Hannah Waddingham, I mean, she doesn't have any, there's no other Ted Lasso nominees in this category. So uh, it should be easier for her than uh, the supporting Juno actors. Juno oh, Judah Temple. Jeez. Yeah. Well, I still think she'll, I, I still think she'll win. <laughs> okay. All right, Decision's going to kick us off at 9.30, so I want to race through here. Uh, best Supporting Actor in a Drama, Giancarlo Esposito for The Mandalorian. You know, as much as I like him, he doesn't do that much in the show. Uh, O.T. Spag Benel for um, The Handmaid's Tale, John Lithgow for Perry Mason, Tobias Menzies for The Crown, Max, Max Minella for the, uh, the Handmaid's Tale. Chris Sullivan gets in again for This Is Us. Bradley Whitford for The Handmaid's Tale. Lovecraft Country, Michael K. Williams. Um, Andrew, I don't know. Michael K. Williams, why not? Why not give it to Omar? What do you think? Yeah, give it to Omar. Come on. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Kit, Adam, any, any thoughts here? Drum supporting actor. Yeah, I give them one. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna say what I said last time. Omar coming. <laughs> okay. Um all right. and I'm looking here at the snub list, Jonathan Bailey from Bridgerton listed as a snub. Um so anyway, but and then um outstanding supporting actress in a drama. We've got Julian Anderson for the crown, Helena Bonham Carter for the crown, Madeline Brewer. And endowed both for The Handmaid's Tale, along with Yvonne Strahovski for The Handmaid's Tale, and Tamara Wiley for The Handmaid's Tale. So we have what, four actresses for The Handmaid's Tale: uh, Anjuni Ellis for um, Lovecraft Country, and then Emerald Fennell gets nominated for The Crown. Not too long after she got nominated for Best Director for an Actress, um, we could talk about 
this all day, but does anyone really think anyone will beat Jillian Anderson here? No. No, I don't think so. No. Okay. <laughs> um, and then uh, best supporting actor in a limited series, we've got uh, Adam. I know you were excited to see Thomas Brody Sangster, the boy from Love Actually, yes, rolls up and gets the nomination for the Queen's Gambit. Um, I guess it's either going to be him or, or Evan Peters for Mayor of Easttown. Well, what do you think? Well, much when, I was at, when I was looking at the Gold Derby odds, Thomas Brody Sangster was far down the list, so I was ecstatically surprised, actually. In fact, they had the guy, I forgot his name, but the one that played her first uh, tutor, the one who taught her chess, Although he was very good too, um, he was considered more Bill likely. Camp? So, Bill yeah, Camp, Bill Camp yeah. didn't even get a nomination. What oh yeah, hell? that's right. Bill Camp. How can so you not nominate I, I Bill Camp? I think that's a snub. Yeah, for sure. I thought he would win. You know, he's been around forever. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. but uh, you know, it's it's great just to be nominated, as they say, right? Okay. Sure. Uh, any any for thoughts Thomas, here for Thomas Brody? Uh, thanks, sir. I mean, yeah. Yes. Any thoughts here? I mean, Gold Derby says it's Evan Peters, but I, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Yeah, this is so good. weird because I mean, I would have thought John Boyega for Small Axe was going to win. I mean, he won the Golden Globe, and he's such a big star. But yeah. like Small Axe got totally shut out. Um, sure yeah, did. and then I agree. If it wasn't going to be him, yeah, Bill Camp. Um, yeah, this is another one where David Diggs got nominated. Gosh, I have no idea. Like, this one's, yeah, maybe it's the Mayor of East. Maybe it's the really no Papa do for I May Destroy You. Maybe that's where they give it something. Yeah, know? maybe that's where they give that an award. Um, I haven't seen that yet either, so. Yeah. All right, and then Best Supporting Actress in a Limited Series or Movie and. um, you know, Renee Elise Goldsberry gets her nomination here, and along with Julianne Nicholson for Mayor of Easttown, Jean Smart for Mayor of Easttown, uh, Philippa Sue also for Hamilton, uh, Moses Ingram, who played uh, Jolene in The Queen's Gambit, but it's just got to be Catherine Hahn, right, for, for WandaVision? Uh, I'd love for her to win. I loved Hahn. her. But I thought Julianne Nicholson was pretty pretty amazingly, mm. devastatingly good in that and Mayor of Easttown. So I don't know. I think I kinda think it's it's between those two. Especially in the last because Jean Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's Katherine Hahn. It's just <laughs> I hope so though. I loved her. I mean like I love her. You she was inescapable while while uh WandaVision was running. Mm-hmm. I think it has to be her. You know, she's she's um she's never won a major award. She hasn't really been nominated a whole lot either, but I feel like Katherine Hahn is just one of these women who is just like in everything. <laughs> always always on T V somewhere or in a movie somewhere and I would love to see her win something. But Yes. Um all right. Um, by the way, best uh, TV movie. We talked about how kind of ridiculous that category is, but um, uh, 
I'm not even seeing it here. But Uncle Frank or um, Sylvia's Love, the Namdi Asamoah movie, um, those or Robin Roberts presents. Um, what do you, What do you guys think? <laughs> I just I I'm just so happy that 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 Robin Roberts presents movie got nominated because I saw. <laughs> So many FYC ads for that, and I'm just happy that whoever was running that campaign, good job, you, you got it nominated. <laughs> Kiki, you, you saw all those all these movies, right? Or some of them? And no, no, I've only seen Uncle Frank actually. Okay. I loved it. I actually you... liked Uncle Frank a lot, but uh, I, I hear Sylvie's Love is supposed to be really, really good, though. So. Did you think you were watching? Uh, yeah, and that's that's one of those movies so, that was supposed no, I did to not. come out in theaters, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, like I said, every movie is a TV movie, at least for now. Like Dune I mean, is coming Alan... out this year. That's a TV movie. You know. Well, kinda. <laughs> I mean, it's being released <laughs> in the theaters too, so it's not. I know, like... but don't tell the director. Don't tell the director it's being released in. On, on TV at the same time. All right, uh, just real quick, we're going to talk about the host. We have a host. Um, Cedric the Entertainer is the host. Um, he's <laughs> on The Neighborhood. Do any of you guys watch The Neighborhood? No. No, but I know no it's my dad's favorite show. Is it really? My da- my dad my dad watches it live on television. I think it's on Tuesday nights at eight, like with commercials, nothing just watches it live on TV. Mm. He's the one. By the way, quick aside, the TV movie category, apparently they're, they're moving that the creative artist Emmys award the the week before. So when when you see it on TV, um, and and I forgot to mention Dolly Parton's Christmas on the square is nominated there too, but (laughs) so Andrew, no love for Jesus and Mero, Queen Latifah, or they, you know they didn't go to Stephen Colbert, James Corden, you know uh, they didn't go to T.J. Uh, Lavin, the host of the challenge. <laughs> they didn't do him, or or just like Trevor Noah, they didn't do him. They they go to Cedric, the Entertainer. I, I, um, I think it's a solid choice. I mean, you know, he's stand up. He's been around forever. He's on TV. I, I think yeah, it's solid. He's a, he's I, I probably, I probably would have probably gone Queen Latifah because everyone loves Queen Latifah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Cedric the Entertainer is a solid choice. Yes, of course, everyone loves Queen Latifah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Adam, any thoughts on Cedric the Entertainer as the host of the Emmys? I just thought he was more relevant like 15 years ago. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't been sure. doing that much entertaining right but i guess uh it's it's a it's it's a fine choice i think we saw the the no host gimmick was maybe interesting one time uh the oscar show it really starts to lose something after a while uh you need you need something there so i I, i'd like a host i did want to say one other mention though phil another award i think nominated for Six different things, I think, related to variety programs was uh, Bo Burnham's Inside, which I was really nice, glad to see uh, nominated oh. for those. That, that was really something special. Yes, yes. The, the, he, he might clean up in the 
Creative Artist Emmy Awards. By the way, Cedric the Entertainer, if you look at his uh, filmography, he's done a lot of work. He he does not slow down. A lot of guest TV appearances. Um, he also hosted a whole season of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Um, of course, the Barbershop movie. So he, he's, he's, he's a hardworking guy, 57 years old, uh, Cedric the Entertainer. So. I wonder if you um, changed your name to Phil, Phil the Podcaster. Would this show be blowing up? <laughs> Good branding, right? Yeah, yeah, maybe that's good. Good. All right. Any any final thoughts about any of these other awards? We didn't talk about variety talk series or reality competition series or anything like that. But any any thoughts on any other awards? Not really. I'm disappointed, Phil, that Amazing Race used to always win reality competition series and somehow dropped off. It's not The show's still great. Uh, it's just people, you know, got tired of the same thing winning every year, and now it, it's always in the loss column. It'd be nice to see it come back and get, get some wins again. RuPaul's Drag Race has won that award uh, three years in a row. So, um, And then The Voice won the previous... Um, three years in a row. So maybe, maybe it'll be the amazing race. It hasn't won since 2012. I don't think so. I think it's, it's run its course. You think it's going to be RuPaul again? <laughs> I, I, I feel really confident it's going to be RuPaul again. <laughs> All right. Well, the system's about to kick us off, so that'll do it for Kit Bowen, uh, Andrew Payne, Adam Spunberg, and Phil Wallace signing off. Everyone have a great rest of your night. Good night. Thank you, everyone.